And welcome to the Podcaster's Cut. My name is George, and with me as always, my best friend, Joey. What's up? And today, we talk movies. Yep. But before we do that, you got some movie news, Joey? Trailer news? Anything like that? Uh, you know what's funny? I like did watch a recent trailer for the life of me. I can't remember what, what trailer it was. Dude, you know what? I've been... A thing popped up on my feed, like as always. <laughs> Jumped up. Oh, I, I just thought of one, but go ahead. Okay, it was. Uh, it looked like a new trailer with Megan Fox, and it looks like she was playing a monster again, like how she did in Jennifer's Body. I didn't mm. get to see the, I didn't get to see the, um, the trailer itself, but I was like, what the hell's going on? It was like Nine's Bite or something like that. I was just. Uh, I watched the uh, trailer for Spectre, which oh. looks really good. Oh, okay. Uh, for those of you who might not know what Spectre is, mm-hmm. it's the uh, it's a biopic of um, Princess Die hmm. before she died. Were uh, <laughs> you talking about Spectre or Spencer? Oh, sorry, Spencer. Yeah, You're right. Well, <laughs> dude, it's funny. I, sa- <laughs> I, like, I did that. I did that that exact same like like fib uh-huh. like after the movie. I was like, oh, I, like that trailer for Spectre was cool, and uh, yeah. Wendy was with me. She was uh-huh. like. The trailer for what? I'm like Spectre, isn't it? <laughs> and then I don't know why, uh-huh. but like I keep seeing it's Spencer. Yeah, you're right. You're and right. And then in my head, I was like Spectre. And I was like, bro, you barely watching the trailer for the last James Bond movie that came <laughs> out like four years ago. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> no, so did you did watch it? Yes, yes, I know what you. What did you think about. of it? It looked good because I, I had already seen images of like Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. And I was like, this is pretty spot on. I did watch it like two weeks ago. I I kind of forgot about it, but when when you said Spectre and you said Princess Diana, I was like, oh wait, that's that Spencer movie. Everyone was tripping out Spencer, with yeah. Kristen Stewart, saying like her like voice was like spot on. I didn't get to hear her voice. That's what I was saying. Like, she said one line, and everyone was like, oh, my God, it's amazing. And mm. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it looks really good. The person who directed it uh, also did um, – she did another bio, uh, biopic with um, Natalie Portman. Oh, really? Natalie ja- Portman? Uh, Jackie. Uh, Jackie. I was mm-hmm. going to say, it has to be that one. Yeah. Never got to watch it. Did you watch it? No, but I heard it was really good. Yeah? Like, it was like – Damn. All the details of it were really spot on. I forget what she was up for an Oscar that year too, but I don't remember who beat her out. I'm surprised too because it was a uh, a biopic, and usually that's just a shoe in. Oh, you know who it might have been? Um, Kate Blanchett for uh, Blue Jasmine. No, I was gonna say Renee Zellweger for the. No, that was that was last year though. That was last year. Yeah, that was for Judy. That was Judy wasn't last year, dude. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. Was it? <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. It was 2019, so it's very possible. Who knows? Um, Last year's Oscars for the movies that came out in 2019. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I understood. Okay, <laughs> that's why I said 2019 is like, oh, it's very possible. Then, um, what did I feel like? It's strange that we're getting not strange. I feel like this year, 2022 is going to come out with a lot of stuff about Princess Diana, because we have Spencer, mm-hmm. and then The Crown is doing its final season, okay. and it's also going to go into the death of Diana. So I'm like, oh, okay, so we're going to have two different <laughs> things at once. And that seems to happen a lot. Well, it's I think it's the effect of, like, it's been 30 years kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's like now it's okay to talk about this sort of stuff. It started off with OJ, I feel. Okay. Like, OJ started, what, maybe four years ago? Five years ago? The OJ Simpson trial and, like, the documentary. Like, the documentary started coming out. Oh, okay. And then, like, like, the Princess Diana thing, that there's been documentary. Oh, like, yeah, this recent, past two recent, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of documentaries about it. And just stuff, like, from that era is, like, now, like, it's been 30 years of gathering all this evidence. And now people can make a documentary. People watch those documentaries. And they go, this is cool. Like, uh, like I've never seen it in this format. I'm going to make a movie about this where it kind of, like, 
for all kinds of audience, you know? Because mm-hmm. not everybody watches documentaries. I no. mean, well, nowadays, yeah, a lot of people watch documentaries. But they have to have, like, a little kitschy, like, like, ooh, I got to get them to <laughs> watch this. Like, the Tyree King, too. Like, yeah. It's always, like, something like, oh, like, like I guess I'll watch it. We got to jump on this bandwagon. It's like when the two Fire Festival uh, docs came out. Right. One on Netflix, one on Hulu. Yeah. And everybody's like, which one's better? Yeah. Which one should I watch? I'm like, yeah, just watch both of them. You have nothing going on anyways. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you're right about the biopics. I mean, we just got respect. Now we're getting Spencer. And then and last year we got Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday? I don't remember that one. Well, the U.S. versus Billy oh, Holiday. Oh, right, 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 right. The movie yeah. we didn't get to watch. <laughs> um, I still wanted to watch it, but anyways, go ahead. I was going to say, um, it looks good, and I tried to. I was going to watch another trailer, which is the Megan Fox one. It's called Night Teeth is what it's called. And it looks like a whole other like, monster movie, apparently. Is that Selena Gomez? I'm like, what? That's crazy. Um, There's other movie news, though. There's a lot of movie news. But uh, and it, some of the stuff I wanted to bring up was like, uh, I guess there's this movie called Blue Bayou. Oh, okay. That's also getting kind of some kind of buzz, too. Like What's that about, Rowan? Uh, I was trying to look up the look it up right now on my phone mm-hmm. before I mentioned it, but I couldn't find it, or I'm not getting any service, so. Well, that sucks. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, it's already out. Yeah, it's already out. Hour 52. Antonio LeBlanc is a Korean adoptee raised in a small town in the Louisiana bio. He's married to the love of his life, Kathy, and raising his beloved stepdaughter, Jesse. Struggling mm-hmm. to make a better life for his family, he must soon confront the ghost of his past after learning that he could be deported from the only country's ever called home. Damn! Yeah, who directed it? Uh, Justin Chan. Justin Chan. Who yeah. also is the main director. I mean, the main actor. Which okay. is interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Looks cool. Did you watch it already, or you were thinking about going and watching it? I was thinking about going and watching Well... Uh, Wendy wanted me to go watch it with her, but I said, "Let's watch." Oh. Eyes of, and then I said, "Let's watch Eyes of Time and Fate." That looks better. How and was that, by the just way? Just a chance to stay as my girl. Um, it was actually really good, man. Yeah, you really liked it. I really enjoyed. It. I honestly, I feel like she might get the Oscar. Like she, wow. she did that. Like really, literally? this isn't just because of your love of Jessica Chastain. No, like literally, <laughs> she is like. Um, r- like into the role, like and it's funny because like I read like all this stuff. She's been trying to get this movie done for like ten years. Oh, really? Yeah, she watched the documentary when she was th- uh, filming uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, okay. So she watched the documentary that's a long then. Long time ago, man. Yeah, and then so she she watched the documentary and she was like, "Wow, that's really good." Blah blah. blah. And then so slowly but surely she was trying to get like producers involved and like studios and all this other stuff. And then like I think. Like as an, I guess in an actress perspective, she got like the cast really well done. Like honestly, wow. the cast is really good. Like really well done. Like one of the best. Oh, Andrew Garfield comes out in it, huh? Yeah, and Andrew Garfield did a really good job too. This is what he's been promoting the nonstop, pretty much, right? Yeah. Well, that he's been trying to. <laughs> Everywhere <laughs> he goes is like no way home. It's like no, I just have faith. Like no way home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Give the people what we want. But she did a really good job, man. Like I honestly. I would forget that it was Jessica Chastain. Yeah, I'm. I looked up uh, some images and stills of the movie, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like, I look at this photo, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's Andrew Garfield. I can see it." And then I look at Jessica Chastain, and I'm like, "Uh, who dat? Because yeah. that's not her. That's like almost as good as uh, in Bombshell with yeah with what's her face. Like, she kind of like almost blended into the role, but this one is even scarier, dude. Honestly, it was really good. Like in like she changes her voice. She d- she's from the Midwest. Uh, main uh, one of the where's Fargo from? 
Is it Dakotas? No. I thought it was. It might be the Dakotas. Yeah, I think you're right. Fargo, Dakota, South Dakota. Fargo. I think it's South. I think it's or South Minnesota. Dakota. Minnesota. I think it might have been Minnesota. There you go. I think it's. It oh, they do have that uh, Canadian accent, don't they? It was in Minnesota because she has the the kind of like that accent. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, she does the accent really well, and then she. Though I think one of the toughest things that she I guess had trouble getting was like a good director, and she got this one guy, um, Michael Black, I think I can't remember. Really I'll remember his right yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he's he's mainly comedy, but the way he did it was like very like there's these moments where it's like oh that's kind of funny, but at the same time that's very serious, mm. like, and it's like it, it works really well. And then like I learned a lot about this ev- televangelist, mm-hmm. and then I'm like huh. She was pretty progressive for like her time. I won't give away like a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but um, it's it's unless you already know about it, then I mean it's just gonna be great just watching Andrew Garfield and Jessica Chastain like act at each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, it's true. I, I didn't know that he came out in this. And looking at the the cast, it looks good. It doesn't look bad. It's a good movie. And then um, there's another. Oh well, anyways, I I the reason I bring it up is because like it, I think it it might also win like best makeup. Oh, for sure. Looking at it, I'm already like, yeah. I mean, I there can't think like, of anything else. There was a tonal shift when they're when as they're going through, because um, it takes uh, the story takes uh, decades like mm-hmm. to tell the whole thing. So, yeah, you know, they started you know seventies, eighties, nineties. Yeah, and then um, you can tell like there's like um, some of the sheen comes off. Okay. You know? Especially when she's in the 80s and 90s. Or eight, it's 80s and 90s. Yeah, I guess. Okay. 80s. And then once it goes to like the mid-90s, mm-hmm. you can definitely tell like, oh, wow, this, this is different. Oh, okay. Like, like you can see the actual like costume design the and tone, everything change. The tone was so di- like the t- Like the tone you could see from the like the costumes and stuff like that was completely different. And it, it was a version of the 90s that a lot of people don't see. There's like these like bright red lips you know makeup and mm. you know like lip liner super dark and you never really see that in movies like and it, it, i was like i saw uh tammy faye the character at the end mm-hmm. I'm like this looks like one of my tias like yeah li- like literally had like a jean jacket and mm-hmm. like a shirt but she was trying to dress nice and stuff mm-hmm. like that and um it was just really well done i feel like especially especially makeup and like um dress and, mm-hmm. and co- costume there you go yeah so I thought it was just a really good movie. I definitely recommend it out to everybody because it's one of these movies that's not gonna get that much traction. Mm-hmm. And also, it's not really much that uh, much out right now, so it's like a perfect time to be. I like, mean, honestly, it, yeah. most people have already watched Shang Chi. I'm pretty sure nobody wants to watch Cop Shop or uh, what's the other one that's out right now. Well, Cry Macho came out, which is what we're gonna be talking about today too. But yeah, but you know what? Also, what what did win for uh, best makeup? What? Werewolves in London. Oh, that's <laughs> a good point. Wait, wait before we get there, because we are going to get there. Um, have you been hearing the Marvel news? No. What's the Marvel news? Uh, Marvel's being sued. Oh, by, by Steve Ditko. Yes. Yeah, by a lot different. of different uh, people, actually. Not just yeah. one creator. This one is not as cut and dry as you think it is, Joey. Yeah, nothing's going to happen, bro. I mean, nothing for us will happen. Like, we're not going to lose the characters. The MCU's not going away. Marvel's just going to have to pay these people a bunch of money. I don't think so. Dude, I, I guarantee you. You know, Stan Lee's done that too. Well, yeah, Stan Lee's estate has done it, but Stan Lee made uh, some money, not a lot, out of it. The what is his name? The creators of Superman did the same thing, and they also got paid a little bit of money. 
it's always going to get solved outside of courts but it's yeah. just something to consider it's just like once again every single time when it comes to a marvel movie when it comes to any comic book movie creators already always get the shaft and they've been shafted even from when they did the comic books yeah but i mean that's what happens it's like if i worked for like apple computers and i created the iphone and i'm uh-huh. like hey yo like you guys said that steve jobs was, but it was me i created designs mm-hmm. like yeah bro it, that's literally the steve jobs movie like what's it called uh they wanted more credit and they're like no we, we kind of came up with the ios mm-hmm. and stuff like that and they're like it's like yeah you're of you're a violinist in a small little group mm-hmm. but i'm the what's it called uh the conductor the conductor yeah and sure there's no conductor really for i mean you can call stanley that he's i mean steve dicko was also a conductor bro no i know but like that but that's what i'm saying but you're working for the for the company like you i don't know i always felt like if you're working for a company anything you create within that company it's that company's property really uh it's not though it's to the creator that's why the whole thing that happened a few years back with bill finger was a huge deal i mean but he was like written off completely like given zero credit that's yeah, different Ditko doesn't get any credit in any of the movies that come out i always see his name on there it's not on there bro I'm pretty sure we have. It's not on there. I guarantee. Okay, next Stan time we Lee's watch name. a Mar- next time we watch a Stanley movie, and then we spot well, Steve Ditko. It's only Steve Ditko, so he didn't create all of the characters. He only created some of them. And so they're why. trying to give like a full on credit to every no, single person. To, they're trying. A few different families are coming out and uh. saying like, "Hey, we feel like we're being completely pushed away out of history and not having the money we deserve out of the, you making billions of dollars off of a product that our father made." Hmm. Which is a hundred percent fair. I mean, it's like we pay royalties to music uh, to music artists all the time. Yeah. But somehow, when it comes to creating a comic books, we do give two shits, and it happens a lot to book writers too, where they don't get the the praise they deserve or the recognition they deserve for a lot of the stuff they do. I don't know. I'm on the wrong side of this argument because, like, I obviously I I I agree with you. Yeah, some people should get like some credit and stuff like that. But also at the same time, it's like, yeah, man, I came up with the webbing design. I'm like, okay, like. I don't know. Like, I mean, but it's not like an individual item that these characters are using. It's legitimately oh, the entire story that they created. So th- these people that you're saying, they actually created all... No, they're the, they're the people who own the rights to the character. They own the rights to the character? Yeah, that's the thing, is that even though Marvel owns the rights, they don't own the rights. The rights technically own to the creators, and they're supposed to go back. And that's what the whole mess is about, is then they're worried that they could lose out on all these characters by 2023... If Marvel doesn't play ball with them, I think they're just gonna get a payout. On the, yeah, one hundred percent. That's what they want. But Marvel, right now with Marvel and Disney, the way everything's going on, like they're just they're so anti working with the creators or working with the actors who portray them. It, it's it's so backwards right now with Disney that it's completely unfair to everybody mm. involved in it. Everyone who's working hard is just getting shit on left and right. Wait, they're so they're still cr- I'm confused now. So the pe- I thought you said it was the families who were trying to say like, oh, like we want the royalties still. They want fair credit and money for all the money that Marvel and Disney made off of the characters that their father for correct fa- created. Because but they're, not, but they're not still making anything. What do you mean? Like that. That the, family the, the, is that still that making fa- the, the the father's not alive anymore, right? Uh, I don't know if Steve Dickos is still alive. I haven't. I'm pretty sure he passed away a while back, but yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, he died in 2018. So it's been three years at the very least. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing that happened with, like I said, Bill Finger, what happened with Stan Lee to a certain extent. 
and how no one was taking care of Stan Lee during the end of his life and Disney didn't care and they just kept pumping out cameos with him and shit and this is what people were upset about is that it's getting ridiculous and it's it's to the extent where if Marvel doesn't start trying to work with people they're gonna end up losing out on these characters and then we won't have them anymore which isn't gonna happen because again marvel is just gonna pay them under the i think in that scenario the families are gonna lose out because then they're like well there there goes my paycheck like they're not making billions because they weren't making money before huh they're not making money off of those characters anyways yeah that's what i'm saying so i mean uh, i don't know i've uh it seems like uh i mean a legitimate lawsuit but if you're gonna go for it, I mean, go for it. Like, don't, um, yeah. don't, don't, don't go for the payout then. Like, cause then, then yeah. it just seems like you're gonna just do this like two, like ten years from now, just to get another payout. Like, I don't know. I mean, at this point, just fucking go for, go for it all, or go for, or or don't even do it. Cause I mean, honestly, they're just doing. I like it's not a skeevy thing to do because they do deserve the money. And it's totally within their right to go ahead and try to sue no, yeah, Marvel. Agree, yeah. And you know what? You should go for that money because there is a lot of money being left on the table that's going to who? Like, mm. At the end of the day, it's going to these fucking to the these executives that aren't getting money. We've talked about this twice now. No, yeah, I know. And it's getting it, it's kind of absurd to a certain extent. Like, but, like, come on, man. Just take care of your creators. You already ran through this problem with Stan Lee. Why are you doing it again? Yeah, but it's one of those things that, like, it's one of these things that, like, doesn't really affect what like the production and it's just between them so i mean to me i'm like no i mean if you're gonna if i was like it was like my forefather or whatever that like created a character and he's like being pushed off to the side and not we're not getting anything i'm like oh like he should be getting some credit you know blah blah, blah like whatever whatever the lawsuit is mm-hmm. like i would be like oh like like we're gonna we want continuous you know credit not just fucking i'm not gonna go for the settlement you know Right, I mean, and if they'll uh, obviously Disney can be intimidating and be like, "Dude, we have like buttload of lawyers. Like, you're gonna this is gonna yeah, be a losing battle for you." Yeah, and I'm like, "Nah, fuck that." The like, same lawyer. I want to keep going. <laughs> the same lawyer that's representing these people is also was also the same dude who represented uh, Jerry and Joel, yeah, uh, the creators of Superman, during their court case as well. Uh, so, right. like, what happened with that one? Um, that one they ended up winning, but it was done so long ago. It was done, I think, right around the Christopher Reeves era. So they didn't get as much money and the deal that they ended up getting wasn't as kind. But at the very least, their names do come out in every single movie from now on, which is not the case for like for Ditko, Stan Lee, Don Rico, Don Heck, Gene Collin and the still living Larry Liber. Like uh, all these people who created all of Marvel comics are just getting shit on. They're getting shit on? Well, not shit on, but they're not getting the credit they deserve. Right, because a lot of people when they think about Marvel, they think Stan Lee. They don't think about all these other writers who created. Yeah, stuff. but that's not. I guess that would be more Marvel's fault. Not I wouldn't call, blame it on Disney, because Marvel is no, the yeah, one 100%. that's done that for years before mm-hmm. the movies. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think I don't know. Then this one, I'm like, I don't really blame Disney on this one. This is more like a Marvel thing. Yeah, Marvel kind of like already set the president like, oh yeah, Stan Lee, our main creator, and blah blah mm-hmm. blah, and they're yeah, you got his sidekick Steve Ditko, yeah, and which then is the, rude, <laughs> and then you got like, oh, but what about those guys in the background? Those are the just their shadows, like what? <laughs> yeah, apparently the the lawyer literally came out and said, here Marvel has done this has done the same, but make no mistake, artist friendly quotations, Disney is calling the shots. As in, he's saying that he knows that it's probably Disney who's telling them, don't worry about it. Just fucking don't put their names in. It doesn't matter. 
So it's a tough situation, and it just keeps getting bad and worse for Disney and as, as a whole. Uh, with that's that's a lot of speculation. What? But, oh, like like oh like oh, it's Disney pulling the strings. Oh yeah, of course. But I mean, I'm at like, the same time, I mean, we've all seen the South Park episodes. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is not not a nice guy. I mean, <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's very highly likely. I, I mean, that's yeah. That's I mean. If I had to put uh, money on a horse, that would be it. Yeah. But, I mean, also, I don't know. Marvel's been sketchy for years, too. I mean, for real. They've sold so many different You're not looking characters. for us. You're, lo- you're looking for Disney, man. Like, <laughs> he's got your money. It ain't me, man. It ain't me. <laughs> no, I don't got your money. It's a boo house. And that's at Steve's house. Another Marvel news. I mean, another Marvel news. Another movie news. Uh-huh. Did you hear that there is a new Super Mario movie coming out next year? I was literally going to mention that. Yeah. Uh, the cast has come out, and it's already apparently Mario's being placed by Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt, Luigi by Charlie Day, Anna yeah. Taylor Joy is voicing Peach, and an interesting take: Jack Black is playing Bowser. Yeah, which I think is kind of cool and also weird. Seth Rogen's playing Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah, I was telling Danielle this, and she was like, "Why is Donkey Kong in a Mario game?" <laughs> like, uh, he's heck? in the original Mario game. I mean, technically, he was in Mario. Was in, in Donkey, Donkey Kong's Kong, game. Yeah. It's not even thing. That's kind of messed up too. When is Donkey Kong gonna start suing and be like, "I'm the original Nintendo <laughs> franchise"? I <laughs> uh, I also thought it was funny that Keegan Michael Key is gonna be playing Toad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Uh, being the movie is being directed. Someone's playing Cranky Kong. I forgot who. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cranky Kong is playing Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many weird things. Like I'm wondering if this is gonna be how it's going to look like. Is if it's gonna look like the cutscenes from the games? I think it's gonna look more towards like um, we're doing live action. We're gonna go old school like the original Super Mario movie. Nah, it is. It's probably gonna look more like Wreck It Ralph. You think so? Yeah, I feel like that makes sense, right? That's what I was thinking. Plus, Mario came out in that movie. Yeah, he did. Will we have a Wreck-It Ralph cameo in this movie? No. No, probably not. Uh, you won't have any cameos. The, the, that's such an expensive movie already. And then before we start, before people who actually care about the Mario franchise and know that there is an actual voice actor to yeah. Mario, which is, uh, what's his name? Something Martinet. Uh, whatever. I can't think of his first name. Martinet is going to be coming out. The original voice of Mario is coming out in the movie. He's just not playing Mario for whatever reason. Probably because Chris Pratt sells more seats. <laughs> do you think Chris Pratt's going to do the Italian accent? I think he's not going to do his regular, like, high-pitched, laughy, joking voice. I think he'll do a voice that's much more subdued. But he, I don't think he'll do an Italian voice. No? Nah, man. Uh, it'd be pretty funny. I mean, it, it'll be Charlie pretty Charlie Day in an Italian voice? I, I, in this current era we live in, I don't know if it's a safe bet. <laughs> I don't know if it's a safe idea to do that. People will be pretty pissed if he came out of the You think so? I don't know, man. People, people can because you're portraying a character that, like, like a computer. That's like a like, that's his thing. He's an Italian. Are people gonna be like, should have gotten a real Italian guy to do in a real Italian accent? People always say it though, so I'm sure that argument's gonna come out. But whether or not he does it, that's on him. I mean, the characters are already racist. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's an Italian character. It's an Italian plumber created by Japanese like computer nerds. Like, I mean, true, true, true. And also, the voice of Mario a white guy. is a white guy. Oh, who might be Italian? I have no idea. Mm. Um, if you didn't know, most white guys, uh, most Italians are white guys. That's true. <laughs> um, no, I went by the last name. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that was the biggest news. And of course, Mission Impossible is going to be coming out in Paramount, which probably pisses off Tom Cruise quite a bit. So be prepared for another. There was another thing. movie. It w- were we talking about that last week? Which one? Where like a movie's going to get like go to Paramount instead of like theaters or something like that. Uh, straight to Paramount? Yeah. 
Uh, not that I know of. Damn. I mm. know that Queen Pins is going to be making its debut. Queen both in Pins? The- yeah. What the heck is that? Remember, we talk- I talked to you about this trailer a long time ago. It's oh. the one about the couponers with... Uh, what's her name? Damn. Couponers? Extreme couponers? Kind of like extreme couponers. It was a huge freaking... Um, thing a few years back like almost half a decade probably a decade ago yeah where they ended up getting a bunch of coupons that you could buy for like practically nothing and you can just get them and then you can sell them for like way more money like a few bucks and they started selling them on the internet to a bunch of people across the united states and they ended up making a shit ton of money it stars Kristen bell kirby howell baptist um vince vaughn comes out in this movie it's a pretty interesting movie completely bad reviews uh, oh, wow. across the board i mean 45 percent on Rotten tomatoes 42 on metacritic which i trust a little bit more imdb has it decently rated 6.3 which i mean if you look at imdb that's pretty that's a little bad. bit slightly below average but i feel good. like uh imdb is a harsher critic than most because i was usually i, I think I it's was, more accurate man for me yeah because <laughs> uh, i was i was looking at like a list of like different directors mm-hmm. they had like Quentin Tarantino movies and they were like at like 8.0 8.2 I'm like 8.7 mm-hmm. I'm like I'm like that seems about right I mean I love Quentin Tarantino so obviously some of them would be a 9 for me yeah. but I was like 8.2 like that seems about right for like the average person who's Recall- maybe not like those kinds of movies recalling your Algebra 2 knowledge it's a little bit of standard deviation <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean they had like a martin scorsese movie uh the departed uh-huh. at like an 8.5 or wow. 8.6 i feel like it's like, at least a nine man <laughs> i thought it was pretty accurate <laughs> you thought it was pretty accurate yeah i thought it was no, pretty good okay. i mean, like, I liked the movie yeah a little long though nah i'm okay with long movies as long as you have enough action in it or a lo- enough story in it yeah there was a lot of story but Sometimes that story was like, like really heavy. Like mm-hmm. I think I could have done without the. Uh, oh, I'm. I think I get the the psychiatrist part. The psychiatrist, yeah, part. like the whole love part. Like I get it that it shows him like breaking down, and it's more interconnected that way. Yeah, but I could have done without that. It's like it wasn't that, that necessary. That's like 40, 20 minutes maybe. And like at the very least, they made that part of the movie important. Like, it played a big role, and it did mess up a lot of characters. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't necessarily necessary, but at least they made it useful and for the story. Yeah, yeah. So, you were but just yeah. saying. Oh, that the werewolves, <laughs> American Werewolf in London got a Oscar for Best Makeup. Which totally makes and, sense. And it's the first one. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's honestly why I wanted to watch it, because I've never watched this movie. Mm-hmm. Though, I... I don't know how I came up uh, on my feed or, like, whatever I was watching. Yeah. But they were bringing that up. That, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, pinnacle of, like, costume design in mm-hmm. in 70s, 80s. Yeah, man. And then the, I, w- I watched the just, like, the first time he transforms. Oh, okay. I'm like, holy crap, this is, like, good for, like, the that time. Yeah. And honestly, not a bad movie. No. Like, it's kind of crazy. My only gripe with the movie, yeah, right, is that it does show its age because the movie did come out in 1981. Mm-hmm. So the problem with it is that we don't see the monster until like 55 minutes into the movie. Yeah, and the movie is only an hour and a half. <laughs> like I was going through and I was like, yeah, this story's kind of cool. It's interesting. We're seeing this his dead friend come back. Yeah. Like, ooh, what's going on? How did this all get started? And then I'm like, wait. When the hell is this fool going to transform into a werewolf? We've yeah. been just talking about it for fucking days now. And then finally, minute 55, he starts to transform. 
And then I'm like, holy crap, this movie literally only has 35 minutes left. Yeah, what are we it. doing? The last 35 minutes, I thought were awesome. Really? I, really I loved everything else. I loved oh, everything, really? like the build up to it. I thought it was cool. I think it just lasted a little bit too long. No, I, I felt like I was like, I was watching the movie. I'm like, oh, this is like great. I thought it was great for the movie. Like, sometimes I don't like it. Like, I'm like, oh, come on. Like, Oh, the build up? The build up. I'm yeah. like, come on, speed it up. But in this case, they build it up. Like, maybe one less night in the hospital would have been okay. Yeah. But he kept having these nightmares, and I'm like, if you don't know what's going on for some reason, um, mm-hmm. it tells you in the title, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, like, just, like, everything that was going on, you know, the doc- like the doctor going out and figuring it out, mm-hmm. um, him having those weird-ass nightmares mm-hmm. in the woods and all this other stuff, yeah. and he, he's, it's like he's trying to piece it together, and, yeah. then, and suddenly he just... I don't know. I thought all that was just like it was so good, like it, like the friend kind of like warning him, yeah, and, telling and him slowly decaying, yeah. slowly decaying, yeah. And I was like, this is so good, really? yeah. It it was I because I've only watched the original. I mean, not the original, pff, the, the sequel. sequel. Yeah, the Paris, Paris. Yeah, American Wolf in Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, do you remember that one? Yeah, I remember. I don't remember as much as I think I do. So, just to give you uh Maybe you'll appreciate that movie now that you've watched. Because have you watched this one before? Yeah, I've watched pieces of it. I've definitely watched the whole transformation. Yeah, I've watched the ending sequence. Yeah, the ending sequence. And I, when I was watching, I was like, "Oh, I've seen this part." Yeah, and then yeah. I've seen like bits and pieces of the first like forty-ish minutes. I've seen. Mm. So, uh, I had the f- the one that I w- originally saw the in Paris one. Yeah, the beginning part is him. They're gonna go bungee jumping off a bridge. Oh, shit. Or or like off a building, or base ju- or base jumping, right, or something like that. And oh no, they're bungee jumping, yeah. Because as he's jumping, the daughter of the of the guy of the the nurse and the guy who turns into a werewolf mm-hmm. in, in the first one, mm-hmm. that's it's it's his daughter jumping off to kill herself, and he bungee jumps and catch uh, as he's like as he's going like she jumps and then he sees her and so he grabs her oh snap and he saves her no way yeah so she and sh- and then he's like what were you trying to kill like oh like he, she doesn't want to say why yeah but we and all know and then uh she well now you know yeah <laughs> when you when i first watched yeah, no it idea. i didn't i had no idea until like they go to a club yeah and then like there's a bunch of werewolves there and yeah she turns into one and he's like what the heck i remember that part because that part used to trip me out it's me like, too. like whoa wait a second it's <laughs> a werewolf and yeah. then he looks at her and she transforms like oh dear god <laughs> yeah and so i was like oh man like so she was trying to kill like now i appreciate that movie more because i watched this one and mm-hmm. i'm like oh okay like she finally came to terms like I gotta kill myself like to end this to end the cycle and stop seeing all these dead people. But then like it's opened up even more when there's you find out there's more. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I did like about this version of a werewolf story mm-hmm. is that they get to see they have to see all of the dead people they've killed. That was cool. Yeah, like, yeah I don't yeah. think any other werewolf movie has made a mention of that. No, I don't think so. That they're like that because then it becomes even more of a heavy of a curse. Yeah, because not only do, are you dealing with like transforming all the time, but then you're also dealing with having to see all the people you've killed, which is yeah. just horrific, man. Like, and then the also the other cool thing was like, oh, you don't have to kill them with a silver bullet. Like, oh yeah, they're just regular just shoot them, just shoot them. Yeah, it's like <laughs> how you would kill anybody else. But right. I mean, it's extremely difficult. But yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's yeah, did you see that fool? He was yeah. jacked. <laughs> <laughs> fool was walking around like a Tonka truck. <laughs> I know, man. 
but it's it's really cool. I uh, I really I, enjoyed the movie. Yeah, like, yeah. It's definitely severely underrated. Did you jump at all? Um, how'd you watch it? That's that's my first question. I watched it on my laptop. Uh, I can't really watch scary movies on my TV for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, Damn. So me and Wendy watched it like late at night. Oh, did you? Yeah. No, I, I didn't I get a chance. I got spooked, dog. Eh? I got spooked. Like, oh, they said I had a poop, man. No, <laughs> no, I, I probably <laughs> my pants maybe. No, uh, I got spooked. Maybe like. Like, it made me jump at least four times for sure. Mm. Especially in the beginning when he trips and he's like, oh, oh here, let me help yeah. you. And then, bah, and like, oh, I was like, oh. That part, I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, damn. Yeah, like, it's a severely. I don't and it's mild jumps, too. It's like, oh, I jumped up when he's having the nightmare. And oh. she's like, he's like, he's, oh, he's on the, the hospital bed. And alien opens the door. Oh, that too! <laughs> oh my God, that got me so hard, dude. I was yeah. like, that, no, that get me. didn't get me hard, but <laughs> it got me like so good that like I was like, oh that my! You were hard, yeah, I get you. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's like, <"Ooh."> yeah. <laughs> then we stopped the movie. No, um, but yeah, dude, I was like, I forgot oh, what that crap. one did get me. I was like, oh my God! I was like, oh, I was like, why? Like, why and would you do that? He did it so well because like, because you're like, oh, it's a dream. And yeah, like, I that that's the great thing about this movie is yeah. we know that they do this dream within a dream bullshit all the time. In all movies. the time, yeah. And somehow in this time, they didn't see it coming. Mm-mm. It's like it. It's like I thought, yo, this movie's from the seventies. They don't know how to do stump <laughs> scares, and they're like, "Fuck you." Yeah, no, I, I feel like this movie is like it really in nineteen eighty one. It's setting a precedent of like, oh, this is how scary movies should be. Because mm-hmm. I mean, before that in the seventies, I can't really think of any like uh, horror movies that kind of like. Did the kind did this kind of like like uh like the thing yeah or like 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 malignant now mm-hmm. um so like I, I I'm trying to think maybe the, the other 70s movie that was good was uh Halloween yeah Halloween and the thing came out in the 70s and then Didn't the, origi- uh, the thing, original the original original but I mean the makeup in this movie totally makes sense that they won an Oscar because yeah the transformation is crazy and it's amazing. But goddamn, is that fucking is the the makeup work done on the corpses so good? Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, dude, this is incredible. Mm. Like the amount of times that I was looking at the dude's face, like move, yeah. it was like a perfect representation. It, it's like the '80s version of the Dark Knight when um, he turns into Two Face. Yeah, when he has the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really was because like you're see. I was trying to see like, oh come on, where's the little robot part? Or yeah. I'm like, nope. Like it's, it's a human. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I don't know how they did it. Um, they literally cut his cheek. No, no what the <laughs> heck? Oh, by the way, the the thing that we all love uh, came out in 1982. Oh, so it was in the 80s. So oh. right around the same exact time. I would almost say that they were probably filming around the same time, and this one just came out a little bit later. Maybe because this one still needed a little bit more work. I think just because. The editing. The editing and then having to create the monsters. They mm-hmm. probably started production very similar or a little bit after one another. Mm-hmm. But because the thing uses a lot of prosthetics and a lot of, like, models, mm-hmm. I'm sure this one probably took a lot longer. Yeah, but I definitely recommend this movie for, like, if you're looking for, like, a good scary movie, mm-hmm. like, to rent, like, not one that's for free. Yeah. Because, uh, unfortunately, I, I had to rent it. At Rent it on Prime Video. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably watched it for free somewhere. Yeah, I think I, I can't remember where I found it. I found it somewhere. 1980s. No one's making money off this movie anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, but oh, actually, you can watch it on Peacock for free. There you go. That's where I watched it. Damn, I wish I would have known. Yeah. Well, I don't have Peacock, but still. I think you could probably still watch it just with commercials. Mm. 
<laughs> There's a reason I pay for Hulu no yeah, ads, George. Um, yeah. I really thought this movie was great. Immediately after watching it, I was I was really I really wanted to watch American Werewolf in Paris. Right. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, this movie is not going to be good. <laughs> like, Which one? I'm Paris. Oh no, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. So I will. When I was a kid. It scared the shit out of me. Did it really? It scared the crap I didn't, out of me. I remember it being scary, but like the movie came out when we were like probably six or something, right? Yeah, there's like a scene in the on a train or something that like totally spooked me. I remember the ending, and I remember the scene where there was like a bunch of werewolves coming out at once, mm-hmm. and they were like kind of hiding under robes and stuff. That part freaked me out because it was kind of cultish, right? Yeah, it that is. movie went into more of the cult part. I, dude, that that one, that one wasn't as successful, uh-huh. but like people who watched it were like, "Oh, it's actually pretty good." If you watch both of them, like, like, like you have to have seen the one from 1981 to appreciate <laughs> the one from 1996 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I'm trying to look up when it came out. I can't find it. I'm looking it up. Um, which is crazy because John Landis directed this movie, right? It's pretty weird. It's not like it's a stretch for him. It's just something I don't think of him as. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem right because he's so incorporated with, like, usually music in some kind of a way. Mm-hmm. And, like, looking at his, in his, like, just like his, the movies he's directed, he's got Paul McCartney, Spies Like Us. He's got Three Amigos, which is also kind of a movie ish. He did Coming to America. You can go listen to our podcast about that <laughs> one and hear what we thought. Um, Beverly Hills Cop 3. He, he, did, did, he worked a lot with uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, and like it's such a strange thing to see that like he did this movie too because mm. it feels like the, wait a second, this one's the oddball out. And honestly, he did a pretty damn good job. I think, yeah, the way it's shot is very well. Like the, uh, maybe it goes a little bit towards the cinematographer, mm-hmm. but like just like him running through the woods is like a really good shot for yeah. the time because mm-hmm. like, I mean what's his name uh george lucas did you know bikes or those oh, bikes indoor? yeah yeah but literally like 80s but he yeah it, it was not until the 80s and then like he literally had to follow them you don't really mm-hmm. see them and if you, you do see them like going across it's literally just quick yeah it's n- and it's just like this but he's doing it like going along with him through trees yeah. through that like he must have I don't know. He either had to cut down some trees or or build a weird track. <laughs> they were looking for they they contracted a backwoodsman to yeah. find the area where there was a lot of trees on one side and nothing, and nothing on, the on the other. Yeah, dude, honestly, because like that's the only way I can see that happening. Yeah, because there's like one shot where you're seeing him run forward, and then it quickly cuts to oh. to him on the side, uh-huh. and then he stops. Yeah, and, and he just like stops suddenly, goes behind a tree or something, right? And yeah, and he's like, and he sees like deers or yeah. something like that, and and they're following a deer. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was really good. Um, but overall, this movie is like really good. I feel like it's it's one of those movies where it's not too scary. Where like you're like, oh my god, how am I gonna sleep? But it's mm-hmm. also like not boring. Like it's entertaining. It for for real. It's extremely entertaining considering that. I mean, again, it's only an hour and a half. Like, that's the thing. It's only an hour and a half. Yeah. And the first 40-ish minutes, even though I say there is no real werewolf attacks, it's such a well-done, like, There is backstory. one werewolf There talk. is one. And yeah. it happens within the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie, which, again, that scene, if I was in that, dude, I would have been terrified. I know. I would have. I, dude, I would have sucked to the road. I know. <laughs> Why? Do you <laughs> notice when they do, when they step off the road? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I was, was like, like, where are you guys you going? <laughs> <laughs> like, you heard two things. Get out 
and stay on the road. Yeah. No, yeah. Beware the moon. Beware uh, the moon and stay, stay on, on the road. Yeah. And they literally joke about it as they step off the road. Yeah. And then they they stupidly hear the werewolf and they like... <gasps> Did you hear that? Stay on the road. And they look down like, bitch, you've been on this fucking thing for God like, knows how long. <laughs> like, you should have never done. Been yeah. here. Um, one thing uh, about this that I noticed is that Julie Bowen comes out in uh, American Werewolf in Paris. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Julie Bowen is? Mm-mm. She's Claire from The Modern Family. Oh. And okay. I, I saw her come up the other day and I was like, wait, what the hell? He was in this movie? I don't remember her. Yeah, she played Amy Finch. Apparently, that's what she says. Mm. Um, the other cool thing, I don't know how much more you have on American Werewolf, but the last thing that I want to mention, John Landis right now has, if you go to his IMDb, he has a producer credit for a tw- n- no release date, no even window for an American Werewolf in London. And that it's been like announced. a remake? Uh, they're making a remake, apparently. Wow. Which, isn't that crazy? That's insane. Did you know Some, that that was going to happen? Someone's like, I already knew, huh? Yeah. No, I didn't know. No, you didn't know? <laughs> Did you really? Okay. No, I, I didn't wouldn't really. have been surprised, honestly. I'm like, dude, hopefully they don't mess it up. If Oh, damn. How did I not realize what that John Landis's kid is Max Landis? Yeah. Remember? Because he redid uh, Coming to America. Wait. I'm thinking of a different guy. I'm thinking of a different person. I must be thinking of a different person. You Give me a second. Be. Uh, either way, though, I mean, I enjoyed this movie. I really think that people should go back and rewatch this movie. It's a good '80s horror movie. Uh, I put it up there with like all the other ones. It's probably got lost in the shuffle for real. Like mm. it's it's a throwback yeah. scary movie. Plus, nobody really, no one fights for monster movies, man. This is what I was trying to talk about in *Malignant*. Is we don't get many monster movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Mainly because it's like, oh, it's so hard to create a prosthetic to put on. And then if it's just CG, it doesn't look good. And it looks lame. And I'm like... And also, I mean, I feel like now, today's... Like, you can tell it's a monster. Kind of like... Like, most people aren't afraid of monsters. No. And then... and that. But I feel like that's not the point of, like, the monster movie Mm-mm. category. It's, like, more like, oh, it's, like, the lore. And then, like... Definitely. How, like, it's... The, if anything, it brings out the story in... Uh, scary movies like uh, Friday the th- not Friday the 13th what's the Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. good movie but I didn't need like six of them yeah no. one God, was no. enough like I didn't need to know like the, the powers he has within the dreams mm-hmm. that's not honestly I didn't really care about that the cool part was that he can kill him in his dreams that's yeah, it it's a great idea yeah and simple then, and I was like that's it I, I don't we don't need to know everything else which is funny because I literally have Scary Terry on my laptop right now so. are you serious <laughs> yeah no joke uh, but yeah I did honestly I didn't I honestly, I didn't like uh, Fred, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Not one of my favorites. No, I, it also creeped me out a lot as a kid. Um, that was, I mean, they all did really like that. Yeah, they all did. Yeah. That Friday the Thirteenth didn't really like hit me. Mostly because I was just kind of like again eh. slash kind of like a guy killing indestructible guy killing somebody. Right, but like for me, Halloween was terrifying as I was a kid. Sometimes yeah. even now, like I look at a trailer and it's dark at night, and I'm like, oh, God damn. That's why you like Scream. It's why I love Scream a lot. Yeah, it's 100% true. Um, <laughs> no, okay. So you said Max Landis did... Coming to America, no? Right? No, he didn't. At oh. least... Or oh, maybe he wasn't the writer of it. Let me check his director credits. No. Um, Max Landis is actually one of my favorite writers. He wrote freaking Chronicle. Oh, no way. That Max Landis, who oh, also wow. did... Uh, what is it called? The American... Four. I was I no, that was Josh Trank. No. Um, no, he also did American Gangster. No, the movie American Ultra something. 
What is it called? It's American called Ultra? Ultra? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He also wrote that movie. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, huh? I was like, what? He also wrote American Ultra, I believe. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, he did. And then he wrote Mr. Right, which is a dope movie. If, if people haven't watched this movie, go watch it. I haven't watched it. It's good. It, it has, um, what's his name? Let me Give me one second. I'm literally pulling it up right now. I can never think of his name. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Oh, okay. He's the main actor and Anna Kendrick. And this movie is like Sam Rockwell. Isn't it a recent movie? Uh, recent-ish. Yeah, it's on Netflix. 2015, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've it, heard of it. Yeah, you should watch it. I think you'd enjoy it. Good mm-hmm. premise, kind of interesting. Um, yeah, he also did. He's uh, apparently he's gonna be writing the screenplay for American Werewolf in London, because since his dad was worked on it and everything. So, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what he can add to it. I mean, it's pretty good I movie think already. Just, yeah, but I think unless he's gonna do a shot for shot remake, kind of with like better effects, then that's cool. You know what I would have wanted about the movie like I know we were supposed to end it four minutes ago but I don't care it's my podcast it's our podcast we do what we want <laughs> okay. um, I really wanted in those first 50 minutes to get more backstory on the original werewolf I know that it right. creates mystery or whatever but for me I really enjoyed lore and I really like knowing where things coming back even if it's a little bit they set up a lot yeah. like, and it's so easy to mess up but like the f- the place that they go to is called the Slaughtered Lamb. Mm-hmm. But they have a picture of a werewolf mm-hmm. eating something, right? Or, yeah. Or they have the head of a werewolf. Yeah, and then it has like a knife or something. Yeah, a knife through or something. Yeah, it has like a, a some kind of weapon through it. Mm-hmm. And then on the wall, on the back side of the wall, there's like a pentagram yep. with like two candles lit. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh. So I mean, ooh So I'm like, you can come up with so much lore with that, like they. They know about it because they started it and now they can't stop it. Or um, maybe it does ha- help wear off the the werewolves from that one place. That's why they all meet up there. Right. And that's one of the things that I do like about the movie is that I'm sure people, when they watched it, they were all like, oh, what do you think is up with this town? Like, where did the curse come from? Yeah. They talked about the Moors. They mentioned Hound of Baskerville. Yeah. yeah. Like, they really added a lot of stuff to it. And then I almost feel like the entire town spends every full moon in that in right that, that would bar. be cool because maybe it's protected by the pentagram or whatever it is yeah. uh it's a it's a cut off head of a werewolf on a pike there you go that's what it was would you have stopped at a place named slattered lamb yeah okay they never fully explained this why were they dropped off in the middle of the countryside um i know they were backpacking but they were backpacking and they they were coming from ireland Oh. And because they were in the north, because there's like we're in the northern part of uh, of UK or whatever, mm. of England. Okay, it's like it's like we're gonna walk because he was like, oh, they were coming back from Ireland and they they had to stop. That they're like, this is as far as I'm going, lads. Mm-hmm. And then oh, and then they jumped out of the car. Yeah, and it's like oh no, he says he's going uh uh more the other direction, right? He's like, you gonna go down that road and, and yeah, I'm, you just keep following town. that way and you'll be good. Is what they said. No, they were coming yeah. back from Scotland. Scotland, sorry. Because I was, I was like, dude, Ireland is its own separate island. My bad. And then I was like, I don't, I don't want Selena to come at us. Oh, okay. like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, they were coming back from Scotland. <laughs> I would imagine, and yeah. watch it still be wrong. I don't know. Right? Uh, the movie was great, man. Honestly, given that it was a 1980 movie, I'm gonna go with a solid eight and a half for this movie. Really? Yeah, I really. That's funny. It. I was leaning towards the same direction, but I was so in my head. I already said mm, seven point eight. Which is fair. I get it. I think I just, I think I just enjoyed it enough to make it. Like I put it in the contest of the of the eighties. I it made me want more. 
like like you yeah. like you were saying like there was so much like I was like man this movie's too good to be this short and I felt like and and at the end I wasn't completely married with the look of the werewolf the full body look yeah no it was bad they yeah. should have just kept it the way he looked like after he transformed right and then and like or I would have liked it if they never even just just showed his face like they were like they were doing oh like just the werewolf yeah, face, yeah. not the body not the body and then maybe at the end show like like just the front part like how he looks all right let's say max landis is listening to this podcast right okay now, okay and he is being like what's one thing you want me to make sure i either add or take away from the reboot what would you ask one thing to take away and add take away or add oh uh, i guess i would add um just a teeny no like a preface to the movie oh okay what do you mean like a preface literally just like an opening of some of the first werewolf being created oh like do you and want that's voiceover it. nothing just the first werewolf just first werewolf and how he becomes and then that's it it's like a five minute vignette and yeah. then title card and then straight to the movie not even vignette like it could literally be like i don't know I, 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 vignette seems like that it's like It'll be a little bit longer. I'm thinking like up. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's kind of like a vignette, isn't it? It the, There's a podcast I just went through. Oh, like, really? A whole argument that so he's like, it's a montage. He's like, no, it's a vignette. And then like, <laughs> montage. And then like, <laughs> and I agree. It's, I think it's a montage. It's uh, not a vignette. A vignette is a short and descriptive piece of writing that Bro, captures a brief period in time. I'm telling you right now, it's a montage. I don't know if it, okay. Because there's music that goes over it. Okay, well then... They don't even speak a word. A vignette, you can speak a word, you can speak, there's right. like actual scenes. So you don't want, you don't want a full-on like five-minute story of this dude running around and then finds a werewolf place and he gets bit by a wolf and he turns into a werewolf. Yeah. No, you, you it could literally just be like... Pictures flashing? Because that, to me, like five no, seconds... No, 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 not pictures flashing. Literally one scene, one guy, like, like, it could be something as like that pentagram, the two candles... Like mm-hmm. it can be like they they can even put like a little title card of what mm-hmm. year it is or whatever if you want to do that mm-hmm. and then boom and then they kill him and then they and then they leave and then they sacrifice him to some wolves mm-hmm. that he gets eaten and the next day he comes back and they're like what see to me that's a vignette that's not a montage a montage would be like a, like if they were showing like here's the first werewolf here's the second werewolf mm-hmm. and then they show like a bunch of werewolves going down to the line and then it jumps to where we are now I see that's too much. Yeah, I, don't I agree. See, I don't. That's I, don't want, uh, I just want like one scene. I, I I don't. I'm not in the writer's room right now. I can't I come don't, up with I'm, this. Just, I'm just. I just said <laughs> we're arguing uh, over Viennette. Yeah, opinion. I know. You, I agree with what you're saying. Like a preface. Yes. To to the movie. Yeah. Na, na, like kind of like how Malignant did it. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, they're yes. like there was like a thing, and they're like, what? Like we have to cut out the the cancer. Right. And then that's it. Right, and this one works better because we already know there's going to be a werewolf involved, so you kind of bear, like you just you know, it's, it's not a ge- yeah, it's not even a guessing game. It was like, oh, okay, crazy, like that that was a weird way. Like you get, I feel like there's so many the werewolf stuff. Mm-hmm. It's always such a mystery. Like how who, who was it's like chicken and the egg. Like how oh. how did the first who yeah. was the first werewolf then? Mm-hmm. And then like that would be cool. Like just finally showing like oh like this is how like a werewolf gets started. Yeah, like, that just would be even dope making it up you can make it up of course i mean and max landis uh, i love chronicle i like i think it's great i've read i read his script for chronicle 2 that he wanted to do mm. which also looked amazing and apparently now they're making an actual chronicle 2 now josh trank is coming back i don't think it's josh trank <laughs> um 
I I think your idea is great. I would honestly. What about you? What I want. What would you add just, or take? I want there. I want someone to fight the studio just just uh, just enough just to have at least one scene with some practical effects. I don't want the film to be inundated with nothing but CG. Like if if you're showing the full werewolf and it's like out attacking people, fine, CGI it because let's be honest, that'll be look better. Mm. Oh, I just want a little bit of something of the original of like some kind of practical effect mm-hmm. that reminds me of the Evil Dead remake when they ended up doing practical effects and showing yeah. you everything. It's much more visceral, especially for a movie that is titled An American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Like werewolves are not like slasher people. They don't just stab you done. They demolish you, rip your insides out. I want something that feels realistic. Right. So my hope would be some kind of practical effect. Hmm. Okay. Good luck, Max this. Speaking of practical effects. There was uh, practically Clint- no effects in Cry Macho. No, yeah, there was. Uh-huh. Uh, Clint Eastwood riding a horse for the first time in, 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 in years, on film. Even though he's like 90-something at this point. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so going from that yes, and then watching Cry I watched that in that order. I watched. I didn't watch them back-to-back, but I watched Werewolf, Werewolf first, and then I watched Cry Macho. Same. And um, honestly, Cry Macho... The story was good, but I feel like it's it's like he just watched um, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, and the ending of uh, Endgame. <laughs> okay, because at the end, what happens at the end? What do you mean by the end? Cry Macho and he Endgame. just walks away and he goes, "Oh, I get you." There you now. go. See. Yeah, he, he got there. Yeah, I got there. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. He literally walks away and, yeah, and never he, comes back. He never does. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you? How did I what? No, okay. What did you, What did I like? What are my opinions on the movie? What are my opinions? Yeah. Honestly, um, I don't know who decided that Clint Eastwood should be the star of the movie. <gasps> Clint Eastwood did, obviously. <laughs> I don't think it was him. No? Honestly, I, 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 honestly, like I honestly don't feel like it was him. I feel like it might have been somebody else. Like yeah. someone said, like no, like you should be the guy because he didn't. He didn't write it. He just directed and produced it. Because mm-hmm. it's um, an adapted, a very, very loosely adapted book. Yeah, and but um, <sighs> okay. What did I think? I thought it was just one of those movies. It's one of these old westerns. Really, yeah. if you've ever, if you like old westerns, Shane, um. It's another old one. True Grit, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, oh, my God. They're, like, escaping me right now. But, I mean... Uh, the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. You're talking yeah. about those? The Man With No Name trilogy and stuff like that? I guess the No Man With No Name... Uh, the Man With No Name uh, trilogy kind of fits the, the bill here. Because it's usually a guy who's, like, a cowboy who, like, doesn't want anything to do with what's whatever's going on. But somehow is sucked into this situation. And he's like, okay, I'll solve it. And uh, and then he gets sucked into the actual yep. lives of these people, and he ends up helping. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, it was like I don't. S- I think this was just either three things. I have three things that it is. Clint Eastwood's love letter to a time that it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie representing of how he actually feels in Hollywood, oh. and how he almost feels like an outcast. Like mm-hmm. they don't want him. And he's a guy who thinks in a different way. That's and they're and they're like, you know what? You're making stuff that's way too old, man. Mm-hmm. Like and like we're we're moving on. We got these new people, right? 
and the third one is is that he he wants to be the he wants to pass it on to somebody else mm. and that that's that's what this movie represents to me in my in the way i saw it mm-hmm. when i was watching i'm like this is what he's trying to tell us like he he knows he's on his way out but he wants to pass it on to somebody else and i i feel like uh the kid not knowing like like you didn't tell me it was going to be like this but mm-hmm. like it was like yeah but just that's how things are here mm-hmm. and like and, and you're going to have to learn as you go kind of thing and that's like a true thing in hollywood i feel like mm-hmm. like they're done with me and they want you right and honestly like you're just going to have to see how it goes and the, your story like there's so much more to that kid's story yeah but you don't see it because well that's that's his story it's th- yeah, he's no longer a part of that yeah. world he's not he's not the main character of this of the of the he's next no story no longer the main character yeah so i mean that's why maybe they when people saw that they're like oh you should be the like i think he did think of like an older guy but yeah. like m- someone who can probably move a bit more mm-hmm. who knows maybe i'm wrong maybe he did think like oh i i need to i need to act in it you know why i think he did it this is my reasoning as to why I, I'm pretty sure he was the one who was like, I want to play the main character is because of all the reasons you just said. I um, feel like he knows that. I mean, he's 91, 92 mm-hmm. or 92 coming this year, I think. Like he's getting older. He doesn't know how many more roles he has in him. Not only that, man, but he's an he's openly Republican. Yeah, he's very openly Republican. And and he's the only one that can like put up with he like his movies actually they end up making money. They end up making money, and then people are like, "I don't like you." But yeah, but we'll watch this movie. Yeah, and that's the thing is, uh, I, I like regardless of all the political shit with with Clint Eastwood, like moving that all out of a side, because obviously that's a whole another topic. The dude has made a lot of good movies. He's been a part of a lot of good movies at the very yeah. least. Maybe not made them, but he's been a part of them. Yeah, and I agree with you that this movie. Everyone was toting this movie as like, oh, it's a Western movie. Like, he's coming back. It is a Western. It is, oh, like, kind of Western? Because it doesn't feel like a traditional Western. No, I I honestly felt like it was the most traditional Western that I've seen in a long time. Really? Because you got spaghetti Westerns. Those are more modern Westerns. The Mm -hmm. traditional Westerns are like, you know, cowboy rides into town and... Well, even then, that's more like spaghetti. Because, like, the, n- the man with no name, mm-hmm. that's a s- those yeah, are all spaghetti. spaghetti. Westerns. Those are spaghetti westerns. But, like, those other... not a term we should probably be using anymore. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't consider it. Well, that's like... I don't know. I, it is what they're called. It, it's a genre. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, <almost laughs> there, it's to distinct the other one. To make a probably a bad joke, there was probably a lot of spaghetti yeah. <laughs> involved in the making of these I movies. Know, right? so I mean, <laughs> at the time, was it like, lunchtime? Anyways... Um, I feel like those are more those those are more action. There's like a lot of action. In yeah. those. that's why like the Django is kind of technically that kind of western, mm-hmm. the spaghetti western because it's so like an updated version of it. It's an updated version because it, it's very violent, but the stories are the same. Mm-hmm. And then the traditional Simple. westerns are just that they're the the story of like this guy, you know, on a journey, on a journey, and literally he's on a journey and he's he, you know he stays in a town for a while and he falls in love with the girl like there's a love story there's the uh, western had everything back then mm-hmm. had the shoot 'em up cowboys had a love story mm-hmm. and then the hero wins in the end yeah that those are the main thing staples in the western yeah i would agree and like man with no name that i i think those things were there but like you also the shoot 'em up part was a little bit more 
more prevalent because he could probably shoot him up. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, this one, he used his words to get out of everything. And honestly, his ability to take care of animals. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was a very gentle cowboy. Yeah, but, I like, mean, what, so what did you think? So, okay, I went into this movie. I don't know if I mentioned it in the last podcast, but I was just, like, so not yeah, into no, it. You, like, he told me off podcast. I remember it. You're I, like, I, I don't want to watch that movie, bro. I just, I... And then you decided to watch it. Yeah, because I was like, there's nothing else on. And I feel weird. Like, we're trying to talk about movies that are relevant at the time so i'm like how can i not yeah. talk about this movie and it's on hbo max i'll just do it like it's fine right um and i think going in with that idea of like hey, his movie's gonna be whatever's i i kind of left the movie being like there's a lot better than whatever's mm-hmm. it was a good story yeah i liked that it, it wasn't preachy no which sometimes i feel like some movies that when actors start doing movies later in their years they get more preachy mm. but this one was done very subtly and soft and um oh, he was very vulnerable in the movie because like you're saying like it's a, it's very uh it's an analogy for his life in many ways i th- i kind of agree with you like i hadn't yeah. considered it but i do agree with you that it does feel that way like hey i'm on my way out this is probably one of my last films like i'm trying to let you know how i feel in this situation yeah. like you guys all loved me and now you guys hate me because of something i did yeah. and something occurred so this is me telling you like bye and this is the last time i'm gonna do a movie where i wear a cowboy hat Mm. and i wouldn't be surprised if it's his last movie but i don't think it's going to be i think clint eastwood i read an article today (laughs) which happens a lot um that mentioned that there was a director who directed until he's 106 years old Mm. clint eastwood looked pretty damn good in this movie yeah he looked spry like i i don't think i've seen him look this alive in a movie <laughs> in a long time yeah and it made me happy like it warmed my heart because i grew up watching clint eastwood yeah like i loved his movies million dollar baby to this day is one of my favorite movies i don't that, mention it a lot because i only watched it once top four for you for, no i'm saying i'm asking you what are your top four clint eastwood movies oh let me look at him the directing movie no, or acting off, movies? off your top of your head off yeah, of both um i would want to say i would do Million Dollar Baby. Okay. Um, I know that there's a lot of problems, and there's a lot of like hate on Gran Torino for like showing things negatively. Mm-hmm. But I still really enjoyed that movie. I thought the acting was incredible. Um, damn, I have to cheat for the last two. I think. I don't think it has to be one of them. It has to be one of the no one of the no man with no name trilogy ones. There's Fistful of Dollars, uh, Good Band, The Ugly. I watched them all like for back to back do- to back to get back. Two dollars more. Yeah. I can't remember which one's which anymore, and I feel like that's fair. Mm. Um, yeah, I think those are the ones. Looking at his list, I'm like, mm, probably those. Uh, I really liked um, uh, Blood Work Monkey. I agree. What? Yeah, there's. Do you don't remember this movie? No. Yeah, there's a movie where he literally he has a pet monkey the whole time. I don't remember that no, one. No, the monkey's like like with him in the car, yeah. driving with them everywhere. It's oh, funny. but uh, Bloodwork is a really good one. Oh, Bloodwork was a good one. Forgot um, about that movie. I remember watching that in the theater. And I think it was freaking crazy. <laughs> yeah, he had, and then I remember I was thinking, I'm like, damn, man, Clint Eastwood is old, but he's still a good cop. Like I, that uh, one, I I really enjoyed because the other one that had come to my mind without looking at it was Space Cowboys. But I was Space like, Cowboys, how yeah. much do I really actually love that movie nah. versus it's just kind of nostalgia? 
Uh, what's the other one that he's in that's really good? Uh, da, 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 da. There's Trouble one with the Curve was really good. I enjoyed that movie. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Um, I am it's her s- second time working with Hilary Swank. She was in that movie? Yeah, no. Trouble with the Curve? No, that was uh, Amy Adams. Oh, was it Amy Adams? Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind then. Was it Amy Adams or the other one? I always get them confused. No, it was Amy Adams. Yeah. A good movie. Good movie. I mean, yeah. I never was. watched it. I also never watched Invictus. I think that was a period where I oh, wasn't watching no, it. I didn't watch Invictus either. I, think I didn't watch Gran Torino until like way later. Oh, did you? I watched it relatively soon afterwards. I, I thought it was... I liked it. I liked it too. I thought it was an interesting story. He was very gritty in it and very assholey. Um, it was a character... I mean, it's a guy from the South, mm-hmm. right? I mean... White guy, old white guys mm-hmm. from the south, are, and his wife just passed are, away. Are gonna be like that, yeah. And especially when he has uh, minority uh, <laughs> neighbors now, yeah. that just moved in. They're th- kind of loud. I him. almost feel like that movie probably caused a lot of people to walk away from Clint Eastwood because they started yeah. to feel like, with the whole his political views coming out on top of the movie, they were like, "Oh my god, this guy's a terrible person." And I'm like, just because he plays an actor doesn't. He also played a. Freaking six gun shooting person. <laughs> like he also doesn't go around town to town saving the town and everything, yeah, and exactly. stealing the money. Like that's. Un- isn't he in Untouchables? The original, like uh, Untouchables. No, he's not. It's Sean Connery. No, sorry, not Untouchables. No, yeah, the the one with uh, Gene Hackman, and uh, oh my god. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, overall, the movie was cool. I did. Don't go in expecting action, I, I, almost at all, in this movie. Um, go in thinking that this movie is going to try to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. And it does a really good job in making you care about everybody. Like, it, it really does a, a fantastic job because everybody's acting and it's so believable. <sighs> I, I was thinking about something else. Oh. I, 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 was, I think it's Unforgiven. Oh, but, okay. But it might not be that one. Um, I really, oh, it I really think the kid... Um, was acted really well in the movie. Really, I didn't think he did. No, I think he sucked. Damn, that bad. Yeah, but it, it's his first time acting, so I don't really blame him. And okay. he's working with one of the hardest directors to ever work with. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I do, do you know the thing about uh, Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood about his directing style? Nah, what does he yell at you until one you... take? Oh snap! One take. All those lines. There's a part where he messes up a line, but he catches something. And he like he kind of stumbles, and mm-hmm. but he like catches it and like. Finishes the line. You know what? That makes sense. I read another article <laughs> that mentioned about how fast his movies get made, mm-hmm. and that's probably why. It's because he does like we're doing one take, we're moving. So there's only one person so f- that has said that. Like, so everyone knows that. Like he tells people like, "Oh, we're only gonna do one take. Mm-hmm. We're not wasting everybody's time." <laughs> so like, I think one person asked, "Can I get another one?" Mm-hmm. And that was uh, Matt Damon. Oh, really? And during Invictus, he said, "Hey, uh, I'm sorry. Can I?" Can I get another one? Like I, I don't know, because he did the line. and He's like, "All right, we're going." And then like, <laughs> and then, like he's like, "Can I get another one?" He's like, "Why? Do you want to keep all these people waiting for you?" <laughs> he's like, "No, I guess not." <laughs> but I was like, "Oh damn, that sucks." Because I mean, if you really think about it, if you're going into this movie, into these movies, yeah. you're like, "Oh, I have to rehearse like a lot, or I have to rehearse my lines a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot." Yeah. And this guy is a brand new actor. If you notice. The really good actors were like all the older people, uh-huh. and like the kind of like the maybe people our age, they were doing okay. Mm-hmm. And then like I felt like the kids and the main kid, mm-hmm. they weren't 
doing as great. Probably because, again, working with Clint Eastwood. Yeah, and like doing one take. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy. I mean, child yeah. actors I, I already have it rough enough, but like it's probably not easy trying to nail it on one go when this is your first time acting. Yeah. Mm, the one the one criticism I have for this movie, and mm-hmm. it's more of just like a general like, come on, bullshit. Like, and I have to remind myself it's a movie. Damn, were women throwing themselves at a 90-year-old Clint Eastwood? Oh, my God. I was like, Jesus. I can't really say anything because people say the same thing about Adam Sandler. Like, And yeah. I love Adam Sandler movies. Like, how are these like hot girls going out with this fucking fat dude? Like, <laughs> well, he's not that fat, but and also, yeah, like, you're right. <laughs> you know what? Girls it, love funny guys. But like Clint Eastwood, he, he looks good, but he doesn't look But ask yourself, good. George, if you were the star of a movie... Wouldn't you want a hot babe? Or would you want someone who's, like, as hot as you? I think... I don't know. I think I would want it to be more believable. I wouldn't. I would be like, no, nah, give me the hottest girl. See, he, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, the first... That's, that's what your producer says. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Get the, Charlize on the line. <laughs> what are you talking about? We all know you want Jessica Chastain. <laughs> um, no, she, no, she's going to out-act me. Yeah, I, can't, I can't have that. Yeah, Not I my first right. go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say I the first one was weird with the mom. The second one I was like, all right, this is cool. I can believe this. I, I with the this. older lady, the older lady who like kind of who wasn't throwing herself out was just looking for companionship. I believe it. And there's criticism like, well, why Clint was doing it? I was like, one, we just brought it up, right? Who knows if Clint actually wanted to play this role? Like he he could have probably didn't want to do it. He just wanted to direct, and then he just got it. We don't know. I mean, I didn't do enough research to be able to tell that otherwise. Yeah. But even if it did, like. What do you want these people to be like hella old and make I think everything less believable? Like, come no, on. I think it was just to establish his kind of because he does that in a, almost all the movies. Mm. There's always one girl that throws her that throws herself at Clint Eastwood, yeah. and he says no, yeah, because to show his standards that like he just doesn't sleep with just anyone, yeah. And he, I think he's done that because like, he does that in The Unforgiven. Mm. Remember, there's like they go to a whorehouse or something like that. I kind of remember. And that. they're paying for the whores because they've already gotten paid to do a job. Mm-hmm. And then um, the one of them is like, "Why won't you sleep with us?" And then mm-hmm. he's like, "I don't do that. I haven't slept with anyone since my wife." It's like, "Oh, you're so true." And what they don't know is that she's dead. Yeah. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. I feel like. Um, I think it was a, just a producer change and like it's just Hollywood. He is, is the producer. Yeah, but like, come on. I think there's also some other people telling him. Also, to do maybe she was like a little tipsy and she was like, yeah, "I'll do anybody." <laughs> I mean, I guess because I mean, she was like kind of stumbling after he left. My thing with it is, I think it was a manipulative choice, right? Like, if she gets him to sleep with him, then she won't take the kid and. He'll be the father will be out of options. And did you notice that she tried to do like she tried to throw in two two line try to she tried to throw in a, a double take during that take. What do you mean? She said sigalo. Uh huh. And then she said sigalo. Like she said it twice. Uh-huh. She oh. said follow him twice. So you think it was because she thought she could deliver one line better and they might choose that one over other. Yeah. One? And then Clint was like, uh uh-uh. uh, one take. You one use take. Film. We put it in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like we're not, we're not. I'm not editing anything. Imagine there's somebody who says, "Oh shit, can I do that line again?" No, yeah. <laughs> no. Why? Like, yeah, that, that's that's why I imagine him just going, "Why?" One thing like, I didn't feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid. I'm the director. It's good. Let's go. 
one believable thing slowly about turning into Batman. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say like his voice is very close to Batman's. Budget was thirty three million on this, Sounds which seems a right. hundred percent believable. I don't know. <laughs> Overall, like, what'd you think of the sets? Um, whatever. Set pieces. I thought it was good. Well, what I couldn't really tell what time it took place, but I knew it was like, kind of like a kind of. I I didn't. There's a part where I missed the beginning where I didn't. Oh, see. okay. Seventy nine, and then a year passes, and when the so story starts, it's nineteen eighty. Okay, so yeah, definitely, definitely like eighty style Mexico, where mm-hmm. like the car, like there's people who have money mm-hmm. and can drive cars, and there's some people who can't, and they literally just they can only stay in one town. Yeah. And that's totally believable. People mm. buy ho- people still buy horses. That was pretty true in Mexico uh, yeah. at the time, yeah. especially in like those mm-hmm. kinds of towns. And there's, there's just dirt roads everywhere. How he was able to find just dirt roads, <laughs> it's really hard, especially like that would have cactus and all this other stuff in there. What do you mean? I feel like it's easy to find dirt roads in Mexico. I don't think it was filmed in Mexico. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? This is very accurate. And I was like, I've been all the way down the ranch. Like, you just make a new road. It yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> like, the roads are just the constructs. Oh, no, I agree. But, I mean, I don't think <laughs> I don't it was think there. I'm going to look it up where it was filmed. Okay. It if, it was fi- <laughs> if it was filmed in, in Mexico, then, oh, okay, then, yeah, totally cool. Uh, but, like, if it wasn't, like, man, you had to, like, go to, like, I can't even think. Uh, Arizona, maybe? Close. Where was it? New Mexico. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah it feels right. I, looking at it, it does kind of have the kind of right. I mean, that's the thing is, I feel like a lot of movies that are westerns are filmed in New Mexico because it still has that style. New Mexico only, right? Is this only New Mexico? Yeah, it says uh, it looks like it's only in New Mexico. Did you think it would look like Texas? Uh, why? Because I lived there. Huh? Um, no, it's just because like there's like some scenes that are supposed to take place in Texas. Yeah, the uh, border of Texas and Mexico. I don't. Yeah, that I was. Do. Yeah, right? I do because, again, it's 1979, 1980. There was no real borders. Um, There's no fences or anything like that. People would just cross and go work. Yeah. Then the borderline Texas, like the border cities in Texas, are usually very underdeveloped. And they're very similar to that of Mexico because they work there, so they just cross... Obviously, our towns would look a lot like theirs. So yeah, yeah, I feel like it's pretty accurate. I like how he had that little outback steakhouse kind of silhouette. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what part? What are you, I don't Where like it's like it's like when he's first in Mexico. <laughs> no, because you remember the outback steakhouse is a guy like grilling over a fire, and it's like the sunset. You just see like the the old horn- one, the old one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of remember that. You know, kind of. Yeah, no, because I can only ha- I only have the kangaroo stuck in my head. <laughs> kangaroo. Yeah, that's the that's the label for the outback. Really? Uh, yeah, at least a circle one. I always the, thought it was like a cowboy, like grilling. But anyways, uh-huh. but yeah, th- that was a really good shot, though. I think th- that's the one thing I liked a lot of the simplicity there was mm-hmm. in how they shot everything. It was very reminiscent to like old time spaghetti, uh, like spaghetti restaurants and just westerns in general. Long landscape shots, paced slowly, showing characters going across everywhere. Like it feels very natural and normal. And it felt like of the era, yeah. I think. And that that's not... I feel like for this job, it's a little bit easier just because, like, how difficult is it to make it look like old school western... Old school desert? You just go to an old school desert yeah. and you're done. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I mean, overall, I, I enjoyed the movie. I think it... I think the writing excelled. Yeah. Um, it was really well written. The conversations that they had were really meaningful. 
Um, I don't recommend to the average moviegoer. Yeah. No. Like, this is not your movie. Nah, man. This is... Go uh, go watch Cop Shopper. Yeah. If you're, if you're just going to go watch an action movie, go watch that. Like, this yeah. is not an action movie. This is definitely a story movie. Yeah, it's definitely like... There, I mean, there's one punch thrown. God, yeah. It was mm. really... I, I felt like weak. But <laughs> they surprised. made it seem like, like he was so strong. I did so like that strong. scene, though. Where he like punches him? Yeah, like everything that happens after this. Yeah, thing, well, I was like, this is pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. I like this. I, again, like it's an enjoyable movie. Just go yeah. in thinking that it's gonna be okay, and you'll leave being like, oh, this is all right. Yeah, like uh, I enjoyed sure. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I give it a six point five. I give it like a seven. Yeah. Just enjoyable. We've been pretty close okay. these last two ones. Yeah, we were honestly, but I feel like it's. Would you watch it again? No. Would you watch American Werewolf again? Yes. Okay. Like I will watch American Werewolf in London again before the new one comes out. Oh hell yeah! I'll watch both of them before the new one comes out. Mm. I don't know if I'd watch them back to back because. No, you want to wait the like thirteen years? <laughs> no, I wanna. I'll probably watch it like, like, back to back nights. Okay. You know, like I'll watch the first one one night and then I'll watch the next one the next night. Oh okay, so like having it slowly come up, I get you. Yeah. Okay. Um, overall, I think the movies are worthwhile and they're going to be fun. Definitely think everyone should just go out and watch the movie. Enjoy themselves. I And the, if you can, watch Eyes of Tam and Faye or Blue Bayou. Those are these two indie movies. And I think they don't get that much recognition. They get their recognition towards the beginning of the next year when the Oscars come out. Yeah. But it's better if they, they get it when they're in theaters because in that way they can make more of those kinds of movies. And I want everybody to remember, right? We are going to be having another Oscar special, and we right. are going to be doing the the whole like voting system and everything, and seeing who can win. So, if you don't want to watch twelve movies in one week, yeah, I suggest you jump on them because uh, Joey's right. Eyes of Tammy Faye, Dead Ringer to get a a nomination for something. It's already getting buzz. I mean, I'm not surprised, right? Like even with Cry Macho, slight chance for an adapted screenplay. Nod, who knows? I don't think he's going to get a best director because it's not that great directed, but. Hmm. I think it, I think he'll get best director. You think so? Just because he's Clint? Yeah, because he's really like people really like his style, mm-hmm. and because he was able just the thing, low budget, mm-hmm. short amount of shooting, and like it came out. Like, yeah, you you made a great movie. Yeah, I mean, good story, man. I can't I can't stress that enough. It's a good story. It's a very that's my one gripe with it. Why is it a seven? Right? It's a seven because I feel like it's a story that's been told a bunch of times. Yeah, it's nothing new. It's just enjoyable and updated a little bit. Yeah, it's still and like updated in the sense that modern techniques because it still takes place in yeah. 1980. What movies are you looking forward to this week? Ooh, dear Evan Hansen, man, I'm about to go watch that probably. Yeah, hell yeah, man, I am is so that, excited for that. Is that movie. the movie we're gonna do then? I don't know. Do you want to? I don't know. Maybe. Um. <laughs> okay. I love dear Evan Hansen. I've listened to it a bunch. I can't. I've been wanting. Oh, you already. Oh yeah, you do that. Yeah, I listen to the musicals. God, before I love, they even come out, yeah, before I you even watch go watch it. The the day that I ended up watching, not the day, but the week that I went to New York to go, uh, and I ended up watching Hamilton. I almost watched this because I couldn't get Hamilton tickets. Um, the other movie that I actually I do kind of want to watch, Card Counter. I do want to watch Card Counter. Uh, we talked about that last week, and I still am willing to watch that movie. Okay. Uh, it's a Netflix movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's called The Guilty. Where oh, I thought it was a show. Is it, no, it's a movie. It okay. A movie, yeah. Um, should have come out today. I it is, he plays a nine one one operator 
who I saw the trailer. Yeah, yeah, you saw the trailer. For people who haven't watched, it, plays a nine one one operator. He doesn't really care, like his job very much, but he does get one freaking call that makes him jump into action, and he becomes a detective. <laughs> Looks cool, honestly. It doesn't look too bad. I, I actually think it'll it'll look fun. So I'm probably gonna end up watching that this weekend. Um, I try. I'm. I'll think of a movie, but I kind of want to do another Halloween kind of like a scary movie. Oh yeah. So I'll I'll keep you posted. Oh yeah. I kind of we can do Dear Evan Hansen, and then we can do like a uh, another scary movie. I probably haven't watched yet. Or what's up with this? This is an interesting turn of events. I'm actually curious as to what's going on, Jack. I just feel like I'm like you know what? Let me suggest scary movies before scary movie season. Okay. So, so like right now, my list is Malignant, American Werewolf Candy in Man. London. Huh? Candyman. Candyman. Um, actually, if you if I w- oh, I'm okay. gonna come up with an order. Oh, of okay. How to watch these movies? Damn. It, I guess Candyman will be first because Candyman, like as <laughs> far as horror goes, <laughs> not the suckiest one, but less the least scary. Uh-huh. And then you go uh, American Werewolf, then a Malignant, mm-hmm. and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe we should watch Empty Man, but I don't know. Let me think about it. Okay. But that's why I want to compile this by our, not before Halloween, but like. Before October, so we can talk about them a little bit? No, like the first week of October or second week of October. At least have like six movies. I'm like, oh yeah, these are the six six Halloween movies you watch like, you know, in the next weekend or so. That's cool. But yeah. I look forward to this list coming from Joey then. I know, man. I don't really watch scary movies, but that's why I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see what you put. But I, I also kind of wanted to suggest the thing because I've never watched the the original, the '80s one. Oh, the Carpenter one. The Carpenter one. Oh, yeah. You never watched the John I Carpenter told one? you this. I, I thought you didn't watch no, no, no. the original. Okay, I, I mean, uh, yeah, the original and the the newest one. Oh, that's right. Now I remember. Okay, damn, dude. Yeah, we should we should talk about that movie because I told you I had never seen the. I said Kurt Russell, I think, last time. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Right I've never watched the Russell Crowe one, <laughs> and, and you're like, like I, he, there's no <laughs> Russell Crowe one. I think, I think it's Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah, Kurt Russell. I I've thought it was the other one. way around. I thought I said Russell, Kurt, Kurt Russell, but whatever. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe I'll end up watching it. I'm like, oh, I did watch this one. And maybe I feel I like you it. had to, dude. I don't know. The reason I say it is because it came out on sci-fi a bunch, and during Halloween season, like, if you've watched American Werewolf in London pieces of it, I think you've watched pieces of the thing. No, uh, um, I don't know. I watched pieces of American Werewolf in Paris, like, a lot. And then I watched, like, the full movie. I've, I think I watched, like, a clip of, like, what all the things that you need to know before you watch Paris. Or mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've watched this. I've watched all of this. <laughs> like, as I'm remembering it, I'm like, oh, pff, yeah. I mean, uh, I'll throw out one that everyone should watch. And if you guys want to talk about it, you should jump onto the Instagram. Uh, and go ahead and send us a message or leave a comment talking about uh, – it follows. I think it's a movie oh. that people don't particularly have watched or have wanted to watch, but trust me, it is a dope ass movie, yeah. and I will mention it to the day I die. Yeah, you can come up with your own list, and then I'll, I'm going to try and do like where you can watch them too. Oh, okay, cool. That would be very useful for our listeners. Mm-hmm. So, with that, it was great talking to you guys. Yeah, um, go happy. watch the movies. Yeah.